Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Um, we are currently somewhere over the Atlantic Ocean flying to London. Uh, shout out to our friends at Air India. We, uh, we forgot to do the intro. So we are doing the intro. It is now, I, I guess, 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So And uh, everybody else around us. Well, almost everyone is asleep. Right. The flight attendants are not asleep. Right. Uh, and the pilots are not asleep. But I hope we not. are on our way to London. Yeah. And uh, we are really excited, as you can hear. Tomorrow, September 6th, we are going to be podcasting live at the Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen with the legendary DJ Semtex. And uh, if there's any tickets available right now, you should go get them at itsthereal.com slash London. Jeff, uh, this is going to be a dope trip. This is going to be a dope trip. Um, also, I want to shout out everybody who's listened to the JID podcast. JID, who... Um, he just got shouted out by Most Def. Yeah, Mighty Most Def, uh, Yasin Bay on Hot 97. Um, shout out to Earth Gang. Those guys just signed to Dreamville. What are, what, what are you looking forward to in London? Uh, definitely Nando's. I'm looking forward to Nando's. Everybody talks about Nando's. Going to get some South African chicken. By the way. In Nando's. I I plan to sleep on this trip, and uh, that is not going very well. So there's that. So, yeah, looking forward to Nando's. <laughs> and uh. <laughs> I want to do my Adele impression for everybody. Uh, how, how does that go? Thank you. That's it. Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, anyway, Thank you. Yeah, no. T- tell the people um, how much you appreciate them listening to the podcast. Thank you <laughs> for listening to <laughs> the podcast. Uh, thank you. No. Thank. <laughs> I can only really do th- thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some real quick business to attend to, as we sit here in business class. Oh. <laughs> 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 We are going to be hitting some other cities soon. So London first, uh, New York coming up, Philly coming up, Los Angeles, it looks like. Wherever Uh, Air India will take us. Chicago. I don't know, you know. Uh, If you want us to come to your city, hit us up at It's The Real on any social media. Um, Again, check out all of our old episodes of the podcast um, on SoundCloud and iTunes and everywhere else. And please go check our music uh, Teddy Bear Fresh is the name of the album. Go to Spotify, add our song Sugar High with Currency and Smoke Dizza to all your playlists. By the way, don't you feel bad for the guy who's sitting in between us? <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff, who do we have on the podcast today? Today we have Lecrae. Lecrae. Lecrae, who a lot of people identify him as like being very faith-based. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're surprised that he would come over to our apartment, but it's not like he was like here to convert us. No, 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 no. This was a great conversation with uh, a guy who was independent for so long. Um, and we get into that. We talk about his, his journey as a kid moving around a lot. Um, the son of a, a mother who was in the army. Um, we talked about how he exactly got people to buy the CDs, which is a great story. I mean, the best story is when French Montana invited him to a strip club. <laughs> Um, but we talk <laughs> about like the BET ciphers and, and oh man, yep. and uh, when Royce the Five Nine hit him up on Twitter. Uh, there's a lot here. He's a great dude. He's lived a, a really impressive life so far. And, Honestly, uh, uh, he converted me. He <laughs> he really converted me. <laughs> uh, 
shout out to Lecrae is a new album coming out shout out to our friends over at Columbia where you just signed um, and shout out to all the literature that I'm about to read on this <laughs> flight um, really yeah. excited to to get into that well you know what we're 40,000 feet up so you can't get much closer to God <laughs> when do you want to get into this right now Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Postcard, a.k.a. Word to Your Mother. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. French Toast, a.k.a. Pepe Le Pew Pew Pew. Yo, what's going on, man? It's Lecrae, a.k.a. Kirk Franklin, man. <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. The Anomaly. <laughs> yeah, and this is a waste of time with It's The Real. <laughs> Lecrae, what's happening? Hey, you got it, man. I'm in here, man. I was on the spot. I should have changed it to work, frankly. You can get that work. Yeah. Yo, that's, that's go. pretty good. All right, Stomp go. you out. I know. Yeah. <laughs> How's the press run going so far? It's going good, man. I, I haven't drank my whole cup of coffee yet, so I'm, I'm still you in. You have not had your cup of coffee. I've had a cup of coffee, oh. but I have another one, and I haven't had. I haven't gone through it yet, okay, so, so you're good. So two is like when you're really good. Yeah, man, two. Man. <laughs> two if I get through two cups of coffee, it means the day has been long. So <laughs> you were just mentioning that uh, you do enough interviews. They all sound the same. At mm. some point, you want to switch it up. And yep. you really switched it up in some podunk town. I did. I was on. I was on tour, and um, I, I was like press run, just interview after interview on tour, and it was like you know college tour too. So it was like college towns, and the, and the local paper wants to interview you, and they don't know what they're talking about a lot of times. And, and I was just kind of like, yo, man, this is getting on my nerves. <laughs> and so I said, I'm gonna do the whole next interview as DJ Khaled. <laughs> So I was me, but I was like, you know, the whole interview, they were like, so how long have you been doing music? Music? No, I don't do music. Music is me. I am it. You know, you're a beautiful person, right? I, I can see you beautiful from where I sit. And I just kept going on and on the whole time. You know, I was like, this is the only way to have some fun out of it. I want to ask the same questions that the college uh, interviewers asked you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, this is going to be fun. What producers um, are you working with? <laughs> so oh, where are you originally from? Uh, that's a good question. So I was I I started my life off in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. Then I moved around. My mom, you know, military family, so we moved to Denver. And we moved to Dallas, San what, Diego. What arm of the service? Uh, Army. Army. Yeah. Army. Yeah, my grandfather. Uh, Army, my whole family, for real. Army, wow. yeah. Was there an expectation that you would go into the army? Uh, that was kind of like uh talking me out of going to the military. <laughs> is what it was. It was because I was about to go. Really? Yeah, I was going to go. Couldn't get a job, and I was like, ah, everybody else did it. Y'all are okay, so I'm gonna just follow y'all's footsteps. And then um, I literally went down. I took the test. This is gonna be bad because there are all the military people who hear this are gonna hate me from now on. <laughs> now I went downtown. I took the test, you know, and then they were like, all right, what do you want to do? You know, as far as a job is concerned, and I was like, man, I want to be in like communications, and they were like, all right, cool, and so they said, all right, you can be in communications. Um, we got a couple jobs lined up for you. Just sign a dotted line, and you'll be in the military, and we'll get you a job in communications. I was like, well, what does the job entail? They was like, oh, all right, well, on this one, you will communicate to a lot of the staff during meal time. You'll communicate to find out what they want to eat. And just and I was like, "Are you serious, right?" He's like, "Oh, there's another one where you'll you'll communicate to planes with with these two orange sticks." And I was like, "Y'all are tripping right now?" And I literally was like, "I can't do it." They cussed me out the office. They cussed me out the building. They didn't know how to communicate that job to you, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. So it didn't happen. So you grew up in in for the most part Texas. Okay, you know Texas. Yeah, for the most part Texas. Yeah. Uh, how often did you move around? Uh, let me see. So I I stayed with my grandmother like every single summer, and sometimes uh over that like so, like for a, a semester of school. So that's like I mean for probably for about thirteen years with San Diego, Denver, 
man, a lot. And yeah. I lived in Memphis for three years. I've been in Atlanta for like a, a, a long time. So I'm, I'm, I move around, man. Well, what's that like when you have to go into a new class and oh, meet man. all new kids at a young age? Oh, man, I went to what, one, two, three, four different high schools. Um, you got to start from scratch every time. Four high schools in four years. Yeah, four different high schools. What were the team names? <laughs> <laughs> what do we have? We had the Patriots. Uh, we had, who do we have? We had the Patriots. I forgot one of them. No, uh, the Cougars and the, the Panthers. That's all I can remember. By the way, yeah. that's a way better question than where are you from? I feel like I should be getting yeah, credit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you went to all these schools and you had to make new friends mm-hmm. at every point. Yeah. What were you bringing to the table that like you knew would make you friends? Rapping. That was it. That was that's what that was my talent. Everywhere I go, you know, you 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 get it. You get to the lunch table, and then that's like your social. Like I wasn't the best basketball player. I could play. Mm-hmm. Go Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody better always, and then. You know, wasn't the best dressed, and you know, it was like, what, what, what do you have? So I could rap, and I, I would eat anybody up at the lunch table anytime. Anybody can get it, and um, that started like eighth grade. R.I.P. Charles, he's still alive, but I killed him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But eighth grade, I just I destroyed this kid Charles, and we had a, we had a, a battle in the hallway, and that's when I learned I had a knack for destroying people in freestyle competitions and just battling. And um, that's how I gained my claim to fame every school I went to. And so what were you listening to from, I mean, you started in Houston, obviously, so yeah. you're listening to what was down there. Yeah, but but you know, when you move around, like especially like when you live in like cities like San Diego or Denver, and even though it was not the nice touristy parts that people think of, right. um, you the radio plays commercial hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So you don't get like that. Like Houston was gonna play local stuff, but it wasn't like local Denver, local San Diego. You know what I mean? So you get a lot of commercial. L- San Diego gave you L.A. So I was influenced by a lot of stuff. Uh, I was kind of all over the place. I listened to everything from. I mean, like the West Coast hip hop was big for me, both like underground and mainstream. So you had Snoop and you had you know Dad's Dog Pound, but then you also had Hieroglyphics mm-hmm. and you know Dale the Funky Homo Sapien and all of them too. So it was just kind of that hodgepodge of West Coast hip hop. But then, um, you know, obviously it's gonna be Nas, it's gonna be Tupac, it's gonna be Biggie. Yeah. And yeah. who were you rapping like at the lunch table? All right. So the funny story, uh, my homeboy Steve, he was from Brooklyn, and and Steve had transferred to school in Texas, and we used to hang out all the time because you know we was both into hip hop and the whole nine, and um, and he was like, "Yo, man." If you don't stop this iggity wiggity biggity <laughs> like West Coast weird stuff and start rapping bars, he's like, you gotta like bars, and um, and that really that got me. We started listening to a lot, digging deeper. You know what I mean? He was taking me back and listening to Black Moon, listening to Diamond D, all mm-hmm. kind of stuff like that. So it was kind of like, all right, it was helping me understand. And no one wanted it with you. Nah, nobody. I got in a fight actually because of because I beat this dude so bad. A physical fight. Yeah, like a physical fight because um, he was so pissed off at losing a rap battle that he was looking for an excuse to fight me. I put it to you like this. <laughs> now listen, I really I ain't gonna lie to you. I don't want no smoke with him because yeah. he was he was nineteen in in in, in the tenth grade. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> oh, so he was a good reader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a man. Yeah. I don't want no smoke with him. You know what I'm saying? Go grill. He could buy smokes. You know, <laughs> yeah, this dude, man. So, uh, so it was kind of like he was looking for an excuse to to, to fight me, and then um, he said, "Yo, I saw you looking at my girl." I was like, "Looking at your girl? What are you talking about? Nobody's looking. I don't want your girl." So yeah, that was a bar. <laughs> yeah, basically. Bar. Yeah, just waiting for the second part. Yeah, like, I was like, "Come yeah. on, man!" So he got really upset, and uh, he was like, yeah, let's, "We we gonna get to it," and um, and so I really tricked him out of fighting me. 
He, I don't think he knows this, but I'm gonna tell it now. <laughs> I tricked him because I really felt like you know I didn't want to be. I would have fought him, but I had a, I had a distinct feeling like I, this is one I'm gonna lose. Like he was just he was manly strength. I was still voice was still changing. Yeah. So <laughs> well, you were 15. Yeah, basically. So he was manly strength, and um, so he walked over to me. And he was like, yeah, something, 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 what's up now? What you want to do, little, you know what I mean? I don't know what he said exactly. So I just snapped, and I flipped my lunch tray up in the sky like, what's up then? What you really want to do? I'm sick and tired of this. You want to, man, I just started going crazy, like screaming, like, we can really do this. You know, take off your shirt, like, I don't even care no more. And by that time, like, the principal, everybody had rallied around and broke the situation That's up. Smart, though. And it was yeah. like, yes. Were you listening to Tupac? Like, I probably fuck? was. That was going on. I just had to, you had to think quick. I had to get out of that That's situation. That's so smart, though, because people don't, people don't want it with crazy. Nah, you not know? crazy. <laughs> he probably still would have went for it, but the, but by that time, it was too much. So staff was around. And then we got into the office, and I was like, yo, man, all this black-on-black crime, this ain't right, right. bro. <laughs> we need to chill out, man. I was like, oh, my gosh. And so you grew up in these bad neighborhoods um, in Denver and uh, San Diego. Yeah. I, I listened to an interview where you were talking about how um, – they were both uh, blood neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Was there any chance of you ever like going down that route, or was? Oh it- yeah. So when I was in San Diego, it was like it was. I, I might as well have been a blood because you were just affiliated by neighborhood. By, by eventually, it's like you just pick up the mantle. It's not even like a like all your family is in it. So you just kind of you go with it. Like everybody, you know, in the neighborhood, it's just that's what you're gonna do. It's not like you have a choice. But I do remember. The difference for me was I did have a choice because my my mom was able to snatch me out of there and say no, and that, and she wouldn't let me come back after that year. But basically, what happened was that year, um, I remember I came back to stay with her after leaving my grandmother. You know, red rag hanging out my pocket, graffitiing up everything around the community. Police brought me home. She was like, "Oh, this is crazy. You can't go back." Um, and I was like, no, 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 I promise, I promise I'll be, uh, let me let me go back. And then I went back the next summer. And I remember standing on the corner with uh, some of my young friends and, and some of the OGs said, you know, uh, the rivals were coming through shooting up stuff. And it was like, y'all need to be prepared. Are y'all ready? And I was like, what? Ready for what? It was like, we need to make a move because they've been making moves. And then it just dawned on me like, oh, it's time to go really like do this. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm allergic to lead. I think I'm allergic to lead. I don't think this is the right path for me. I think I need to do something different. I just, yeah. Do you have any older siblings? Nah, just me. Just you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have I have an older half-brother. Okay. Yeah, my dad's side, older half-brother. But half when it brother. came to, like, making decisions, it was all yeah. on you. Nope, just me. And yeah. your mom's, you know, in the army. My mom is. My mom was working. So my grandfather was was military. We were kind of fo- my, a lot of my family's military. We were following where the military was benefits, yeah. all of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, my mom was working. She had to work full time. So I was a latchkey kid. I'm at home by myself. You know, after school every day. So she would stay on a base, but would she have to be like sent out anywhere? Was there the thought that that might happen? No, 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 no. It was never anything like that. It was. It was really for me. It was more so about. Um, it was more so about stability and and figuring out who I was and what I wanted to be because everybody noticed like, hey, you have a knack and a, and a, and a penchant for education. Like you're a bright kid, mm-hmm. but you're in these invite. You keep being around the wrong influences and the wrong people, and we want to see you go in the, in the right direction. And so that was the biggest thing, the biggest struggle I think everybody had for me and my mom. You know, just for her, it was like I, she had to work, and so it was how do I get him like in a 
more secure, stable environment because he keeps gravitating to the worst possible folks everywhere we go. Well, did you recognize that? Did you recognize that? I don't think I got it until I probably was like 17 by the time it, it, it started to click. Like, I'm, I really I, I need to do better with my friends. You know what I mean? Like, there was always somebody lower in like terms of like, you know, trouble or something that I could just say, well, I'm not where they are mm-hmm. right. you know what i mean but yeah. but it was only like a one degree of separation from me and that particular person so it was never like you know like my closest cousin i grew up with he's in prison now my best friend uh that i grew up with is in prison now uh, another one of my close friends that i went to high school with uh did did a, a three years in prison so it's kind of like by the grace of god i i slid out from all of that it was right there like it was just a second away. On the flip side of moving to a different high school every year, mm-hmm. was there the chance for you to just start over again and just, you know, yeah, I did, and I be started, whoever you want. I really. started over worse. That was the problem. Yeah, yeah. I started over like tougher than I really was. You know what I mean? Like it's like again. Were you listening to Tupac? Probably. <laughs> I don't know what I was. Just sort of like last school I, I transferred to it was kind of like. I said, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to just really show them how rebellious I am because it was a, it really was a nicer environment. Like, my, my mom and remarried. I got a stepdad. I got, you know, combined incomes. Nicer neighborhood. No furniture, but nicer neighborhood. And um, and and for me, it was like, nah, I'm rebelling against this. You're not finna put me in this. And so I'm slapping everybody because they're all weak. That's my mentality. Right, anyway, right. Uh, didn't really happen like that. <laughs> in my mind, in my mind, that's how it went down. Um but I, so I got to reinvent myself, and I was way tougher than I was than I really was. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, have my, you know, hair braided. I'm just like, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm just talking crazy to people and hanging out and and you know, teaching people how to steal, and I get arrested, and I'm like, yo, this is, like, this is all bad. Like, this is not the route that I'm supposed to take. And it, and it came to a head because I was put on a gang list, a, a theft ring, and it was like people were really about to go down. And my mom intervened, and she was like, listen. We're not gonna have this anymore. So, Holy cow. Some, yeah, something's got to change. We're not gonna. This is not the way things are gonna go. And she gave me some ultimatums. And um, really, the basketball team saved me. Joined the basketball team. Really? Yeah. Because it gave you structure. Structure. Had to keep my grades up. And she was, you know, it was kind of like mom's. Like, yo, I, you think I'm playing with you? Like, right. I, like I'm gonna take some drastic measures <laughs> if you don't get this thing together. So, yeah. Yeah. But you said you weren't the nicest at basketball before. I wasn't. But did I, that? Did that maintain? <laughs> No, I mean I got better, okay. but I was I just was more interested in being cool. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I wanted yeah. to be cool. I was like basketball, playing basketball all day long, like sweating. I'm trying to talk to these girls, trying to rap. <laughs> I'm trying to be cool. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah, I just didn't. I I I know now Snoop can hoop, but back then I you know I mean, you in the seventh grade you see Snoop Dogg, he's at the height of you like wow Snoop Dogg. You know what I mean? Like you don't imagine him playing basketball, so I'm like I got to figure out how to be cool like Snoop. Right. Yeah. Well, Snoop played like rock and jock basketball, so yeah. you know. Yeah, just like yeah. get those fifty point shots in. <laughs> Basically, right. You know what I mean. So when does rap like start to get like real serious for you? Like, how do you? Where do you go after like just you know battling with kids at school? Yeah. So I moved into this. Um, I moved in with my man. My my man, his cousin, moved in with her girlfriend, but she hadn't finished paying. She still had to a lease on her apartment. So she said we could take over her lease. 
So we moved in. We both paid on her lease, and we built a little studio inside that apartment complex. What city is this? Uh, this is in Dallas. Okay. Yeah, so this is in Dallas. So we built a studio inside of her apartment complex. And what do you know about recording studios? Uh, not really anything. We used to hang out at, uh, like, like um, what is it, like, uh, what do they call it? Sam Ash? Mm-hmm. Guitar Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah All day yeah. long. We used to hang out at Guitar Center and just study and just, like, figure stuff out. Oh, and so you did know stuff. Yeah, we just put, put I mean, we didn't know a lot. But yeah. We could put the pieces of the puzzle together and, like, oh, okay. You spend all day in there, like, figuring out how to work stuff and, and software and all that type of stuff. And so you just put the pieces of the puzzle together so then we would um his grandmother bought him a, a triton keyboard and we would make beats and just try to create our own little thing um and the songs were terrible but it was like <laughs> it was helping us you know what i mean we were getting somewhere well who who were you guys uh, i don't even think i had a name what was my name it was something some stupid <laughs> it was something stupid i don't even remember what it was it was like Jester, yeah, or something dumb <laughs> like that. Like, oh, who knows? It, was, it could have been wallpaper for all I remember. Man. It was a stupid name, but yeah, just writing and and just and uh, head crack. If if y'all know head crack from um the Ricky Smiley Morning Show, he used to host in Dallas. He used to host these uh freestyle competitions and these battles. So we I used to go to those and just rap, and that's how me and him got cool. And just I just try to find the rap circuits all over Dallas and just try to plug myself into them and. Uh yeah man that was that was kind of the thought process just hoping to get on was your name good around those circles yeah because it was I mean it's Dallas. like yo Jester's coming <laughs> <laughs> yo, my man Jester's nice he's nice you don't want it with Jester <laughs> you know what I mean you don't want it with MC Wallpaper he's crazy not nah, but it wasn't so much about it wasn't like yeah I mean I don't remember the name I went by. As much as I remember, like people just you just knew who could really rap, and mm-hmm. I was one of the people like, oh yeah, that that's he could really rap, and um, there was a lot of dudes like that, and it's just in those circles. You, you first of all, you in Dallas, and everyone's rapping like you know Lil Flip, mm-hmm. but you actually got bars and and structure different, you know. So people was like, all right, you know, you you rang a bell, you know what I mean? So and so like you know you rise up the ranks pretty quickly obviously mm-hmm. um do you stay in dallas and and like solidify dallas is like you put a stamp Base. on dallas or do you go elsewhere nah I, um so then i went off to school i went to school in, in north dallas north texas and you know that's where um i was skipping class a lot to make to make music at, at, in the music lab so it's like a music school you know you got all these musicians at the university of north texas it's like uh, the guitar center of your school basically (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so i'm i'm in there playing around and it's at this point in time where you know i i I have my come to god moment so it's like oh wow i just i'm i'm at the lord i'm a new person now but i don't know how god and hip-hop go together because the only thing i've ever seen is like you know five percenters in rap so also real quick what else is going on in north texas in terms of just like music or just anything like life is uh, is there anything going on in north north texas not really man so can you see your way out of there are you like not only can you figure out your place in rap but can you yeah. figure out like the greater rap world cuz right. but also right. you've been to like other i mean you've been coming from other places so you know there's yeah. a bigger world out there right so uh, you do know that and i think the dream was always to end up in new york you know it's like okay somehow guess what you made it <laughs> you today. made it baby. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> Finally. Take a, take a look around. Man, no, to the Upper West Side. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm doing big things. <laughs> I'm doing really big things. Yeah, so that was the goal. The goal was always to get to New York. Um, but just, it was the how. And I didn't know how. So what I ended up doing was, 
transferring to Middle Tennessee State, which had a recording industry program. And so I was like, well, let me go to a school because I couldn't justify a transfer. First of all, I couldn't afford to come to New York. Middle Tennessee State had a program. So I was like, all right, I can transfer to this school and learn recording industry and figure out how to make a career out of this. Cause your, I, your dreams were realized in Middle Tennessee State. Bro, it's crazy. That, that's, that's a cliche. That's really No. <laughs> you know you know who else had like. I think Drum was Drum, No, Drum was like, I'm going to go to like somewhere in Kansas. And it's uh, just like, yeah. or like, you know. Kansas State or something like that. Right. But a lot of people went there. It's crazy. A lot of people, like, I don't know about artists, but like producers and engineers and stuff like that. A lot of people went there, and I and I and I got to be a, a Def Jam rep, and I got to like, um, oh, a college, yeah, yeah college yeah, yeah. rep. And then I had a, uh, you know, my man Liquid had a radio show, and I co-hosted the radio show with him. So it was kind of like I was getting in and just learning the ins and outs of like how this you know music world worked and we both all everybody wanted to rap and get in the studio and do stuff so it just kind of became you know a part of my dna just kind of like this whole music piece and and how do i fit into it but then the nurse the school nurse i don't know why i went to her um who knows why i might i may have needed like a penicillin shot probably or not <laughs> you know, i don't remember why i went to the maybe you needed nurse. a friend yeah yeah i don't remember why but the, the nurse said where are you from? I told her Texas. And she said, now why are you here? I said, oh, I want to get into the music industry. And she said, do you do you really think Diddy is looking at people's uh, degrees before he hires them or signs them? And I was like, I never considered that. And she's like, baby, the music industry is not a degreed place for real. It's like, it's not about like where you went to school. It's about who you know and what you know. And I was like, damn, man. I got to go back home. Yo, of course the nurse drops the science. <laughs> the nurse, right? She gave me the medicine I needed. <laughs> so, yeah, so then I went back to Texas. And, uh, wait, wait. How? By the way, how weird is that to explain to your mother? You're like, so I moved to Middle Tennessee oh, State, yeah. and, and a nurse told me, no, don't do this. But it wasn't hard because moms always want you to come back home. So yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah, hard. Yeah. She's like, come on, baby. Come on back. <laughs> you can come on back home, baby. So you go home. Yeah. And then what? Um, And then I like. You know, just try to get my life together and just try to really figure out who I am. I just focus on school. So I put every all the music stuff was kind of on pause. My man went to jail. So all of his equipment that in that apartment in North Dallas was up for grabs. So I asked his grandmother, like, yo, can I just hold on to it for him while he's on vacation? <laughs> and um, so I was in my uh, apartment just making my own music. And, Off that same Triton keyboard. Yep. Triton keyboard. I had, you know, uh just all of the equipment that he had, microphone, everything. I just was making my own music, and I made my own little mix CDs. And I used to go around campus, and I would pass them out. And that's how people started, like, like, yo, this dude is dope. Like, and the music just kind of kept going from there. And you were Lecrae. Uh, I was Logic. Logic. Yo, the, you the really made it. Black Logic. <laughs> it was everybody was Logic before Logic. First of all, I, you take a poll of rappers. And everybody used to be Logic. That was just a dope name to have back in the day. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, I was Logic. But then... Yo, how about all the people who, like, have those CDs now? They're like, yo, I got a Logic tape from, like, way back when. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> That's be crazy. That's what my, my partner Ben, now, he had heard that and was convinced, like, you got to make a CD. Like, a real CD. And then, um, psh, the, I mean, the rest is history. Talk about how long it takes to actually burn a CD back in whatever year this is. Oh, like 04, <laughs> 03. Like, you got to burn it? 
I mean, you could do big things if you have money. You can get like a multi burner. Oh yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. You can do big things, but no, you gotta burn it. Then you know, I was spe- I had I had the stamp with the sticker, like you stamp each CD. So you you know, you go to the computer, you print it out, <laughs> your name on it in like the bad aerial font. Yep. You know yeah, what yeah, I'm saying? yeah. And you go, you pick whatever clip art. The microphone was the only thing kind of hip-hop yep. so i put a little, the little micro broadcast microphone <laughs> under my name and then you stamp it and then you just you know i had a um the little cylinder i had a cylinder yep. full of cds not man. so little yeah the yeah. spindle the, the spindle spindle. Yeah. The spindle joint and i just take it around like yo i got these <laughs> i got that heat man i'm trying to tell you you know what i mean so that was how that's how it went down and what were you rapping about I was um that time my faith was strong so I was really you know centered in like yo how do I articulate I always rap about what I'm learning or what I'm experiencing at that point in time I you know newly converted so I, like everything I'm talking about is this conversion experience and and my failures you know what I'm saying because now I'm like like oh I have you know morals now mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not a, a following my moral guidelines so I was like I'm rapping about that too failures of the the guy you used to be no well even current you know because okay. it was kind of like i'm trying to learn how, it's like a baby with you know trying to learn how to walk and you keep falling and so it's like hey keep falling man i don't mean to, i didn't mean to do that i did it man how do i like get through this process and it was like laments just like lamenting like ah i keep messing up and um, what were you studying at that point at school i don't even uh i was studying i think i i went i studied sociology yeah, I was studying sociology at the time. Did that help you in any regard? Um, no, because I think I was at that time. You know, they say don't be so heavenly minded. You have no earthly good. Like I was probably too heavenly minded. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I just thought everything else was like if it ain't the Bible, I don't. It's not. It's worthless. Wow. And I just I had that kind of that radical like narrow perspective that you kind of have to grow out of. Where you like, oh, okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so, were your friends around you at that point also really about the Bible? No, no. So they used to call me. Um, they used to call me Flip, Flip. Which which side is he on today? You know, it's like because I was like I'm flipping the script all the time. Just like you, just trying to go through this process of like finding yourself. And that's why I really, when I see DMX, I get it. Like mm-hmm. people are like, "Man, he fake." I'm like, "No, he's actually that's real right. because he's you're trying to navigate what you believe, but you also like got." You know, another side that you're just trying to wrestle with. So that's how I was. And they would be like, I don't know who we got. Do we got, you know, is it going to be Easy e or Frederick Douglass? I don't know who I'm going to get today. You know right. what I mean? Jester and, or Logic. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> quick. He's quick, ladies and gentlemen. No, yeah. But but what does your family think at this point? Like, oh, you, I thought I joined the cult. Really? Yeah. My mom thought I joined the cult. Because my mom grew up um, in like. Pretty, I like kind of a cultish version of Christianity. So for her, you know, no dresses, no lipstick, no makeup, like all this type of super patriarchal. Same as the army. (laughs) Wow, that's true. That's funny. It's true though. (laughs) So yeah, so she was like anti. She was like, "Oh man, that's it's so oppressive. Why would you do that? Like you're going too far. Like take it easy." And I'm just type person where I'm an extremist. So I've never I've been extreme about anything. So if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Like. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't like live a m- mediocre life or follow Jesus it mm-hmm. was like cocaine and strippers or bible like i was right. never i didn't know moderation you know what i'm saying if you watch like a movie or a television show that takes on drug use or um 
or or the, or the church. Yeah. Do you do you watch it and you're just like none of this is like what it actually is like? Oh yeah, there's I haven't seen a real representation yet in like mainstream media because usually usually the writers are Jewish. <laughs> there's that. There's that. Um but I mean but yeah, so if they're not Jewish, they're they're probably coming from um a a a, a Catholic version of Christianity, you know what I'm saying, which is much different than, you know, kind of that's that's more northeast or even west coast versus like Midwest or South. And then on top of that, another layer is the African American experience in that. So that's a whole nother piece of that puzzle. So now I haven't never seen a like a real representation. I think people try. I think Christians try, but the the, the movies are, are terrible because they they're trying to get the message across so so hard they don't focus on the art. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to go to Lord of the Rings and just and hear them say like the ring is the source of you know evil and good. The end. Like we want the story, we want sure. the movie, and that's what's the problem with a lot of you know faith based films is they're fighting so hard to give you that message that you don't the art's like lost yeah yeah well also that it's like um and i haven't spent much time watching like the hallmark channel or or you know whatever <laughs> wherever like uh faith-based um, yeah. stuff is but like i feel like it's a lot of trying to educate kids mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. not dealing with to, adult themes yeah. absolutely and that's what i i tell people that all the time i say listen i deal with adult themes because i was like, oh my gosh you're getting so like i don't know I don't know what the word is. You're hanging out with Ty Dolla Sign. Yeah, you're yeah. getting a little too edgy. And I'm like, I'm not for your kids. Like, you're for your kids. Right, You right. know what I mean? Like, that's not... I got songs I, my kids can't listen to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't listen, listen to all my music. Because it's the themes are, like, not for them. So, you know, it's a, it's a journey. And well, yeah. But, okay, so when you're finding yourself as a rapper... Yeah. Isn't it more about who you are and your journey and you should be like, you know, putting that out rather yeah. than like people trying to put you in some sort of box? It should be. But but you don't realize that. Because, you I, don't realize that or like. I didn't realize okay, it initially. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize it. For me, it was like growing up, no pops, you know, um, stepdad and relationship was strange. So you're still looking for the affirmation, still looking for somebody to like, you matter, you're doing a good job. And when like the, you know evangelistic church comes around you and says hey you're doing great and here's this and here's that you're like really and you kind of placate and become what they say you should be until you kind of come into your own and realize okay not to say it's all bad but just say some of that's not me like that those clothes don't fit me and that's just the the uniqueness of it is i represent something completely different than probably anything you've ever experienced or been exposed to like i don't know gospel music i know hip-hop music uh, so i don't i don't like and, and it sounds bad to say to them but it's like i don't like worship music and it's that sounds sacrilegious but i i don't the stylistically it, it might as well be country to me you know right. what i mean mm -hmm. so it's like, i don't like country music so you know forcing me to like a style of music i just don't like so that's kind of the it's just those unique nuances and differences that I think they had to wrestle with. That you I like, had to wrestle you with. like your plaques to come in gold, silver, platinum, not myrrh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, frankincense yeah, and myrrh, frankincense. right? No, but yeah. isn't that like the. I watched the South Park episode about this. There's a. They, 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 they award the. Uh, the awards are different for gospel. Is that oh, right? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Well, I mean, here I am to educate you. That's about, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. know. Jeff is that nurse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I think the similarity I would have with gospel is that I'm black and love God. Mm -hmm. 
and that's kind of where it ends. You've yeah. met Mary Mary. I have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of where it ends, but I'm more, and I think you see more of who Lecrae is when you start looking at Chance and Kendrick. You're right. like, okay, okay, you make more sense to me now. And I think there just hadn't been enough exposure to people like me until you know, guys like that were more mainstream. Sure. And well, what what'd you think when Kanye dropped Jesus Walks? Yeah, Kanye too. Like I was, I remember feeling conflicted about it because on one hand, I'm thinking about it purely from a theological perspective and like, what is this even line up with an accurate picture of, you know, what God is, would advocate. But then on the other end, the sincerity and passion of Kanye and what he was trying to do. I mean, he was sincere. He was like, yo, I want people. Why can't we talk about Jesus? You know, it was sincere. So I was conflicted. Like I felt, I love the song, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But I was conflicted about how I should respond to it or how I should have felt about it. Like I loved it. I thought it was amazing, but that was my issue. At that point in your career, did you think that, you know, records with with those type of values or message would ever make it to to pop mainstream radio. I don't think I was concerned about it. I just don't think I I cared for real because I was so wrapped up in my world. I just never imagined it, and it wasn't until it wasn't until the BT cipher mm-hmm. that I really was like, oh snap, right. Like, Oh, word? We can get out here? And, like, you know what I mean? Because I remember Royce the Five Nine had tweeted, like, some, 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 the, the Christian kid got bars. And I was like, Royce the Five Nine said I got bars. Well, no, he said the Christian kid. Okay. <laughs> could have been, could have been Soprano. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. I, I took it as me. Yeah, I yeah. took him as Royce was saying, you know, and we cool. To, now we're cool, but. At that point in time, he was more specific when he said "Hi Rihanna," you know, like yeah. he, he, he added her. Hi so. Rihanna. <laughs> so yeah, so that was big for me because I was, you know, he's one of he was one of my favorite rappers. So that but, was huge. But before you get there, yeah, wait, talk yeah. about even like the process of getting there, and also, I mean, like oh, BT yeah. even like reaching out to you. That was fun. That's a funny story, man. A lot of the producers for like the Hip Hop Wars will produce like faith-based shows and all kind of other stuff so i have reluctantly i don't know if that's if i oh well it's too late now I, I there was a show on it was like a gospel competition or something like that i forgot what it was called but it's like a gospel singing competition show and they wanted me to be a um a, a, a performing art a guest on the show and i was reluctant i was like that ain't my style that ain't my thing i don't really want to do it they were like man just do this trust me so i did it in the producer of that so happened to also be producing the BT Hip Hop Awards. Whoa. So that was a relationship that was gained, and then that kind of got turned into an opportunity to do the cipher. But they put me in the international cipher. They saw me <laughs> as like, yeah, you you don't belong with right. everybody else. So it was me and Estelle. So yeah, that's yeah. how me and Estelle yeah. go back. And like a dude from France, and I forgot who else was in yeah, that Yeah, Nitty Scott. Yeah, Nitty was in that joint. And yeah, yeah, to yeah. be fair, you came from Middle Tennessee State. So yeah, wherever right. that is, right? Yeah, wherever <laughs> that is, Maybe nobody un- right. understand what you were saying. <laughs> right. Nobody understands. It's another world, another language. But how are you, how are you distributing your music, you know, between, uh, you know, the point of handing out physical cds yeah. to the point when you get known on the on the on that level we had the internet and mm-hmm. then we also so the internet was first thing i used to do was i would do um i would go take a box of cds and i would go to like stores and just be like yo here's a cd you want to buy it and then they would say uh we'll buy one 
And then I would send somebody in there to go cop it, and like two people, and they'd be like, "Hey, y'all got that Lecrae CD?" Smart. And they would be like, "We got one." And they'd be like, "Oh, y'all don't got another one?" And then I come back around like, "Hey, y'all want to buy some CDs?" Yes, we need five of them joints. I was like, "All right, here's five. And then I send seven people in there. Seven people. I mean, it was like I was sending them like, "Hey, y'all go get my CD there." But it was like no, I was, smart though. I would see people and they'd be like, "You got another CD?" I'd be like, "Only place you can get it." Is up the street, right. and then they, then they were like, "All right, cool." So they would go grab it. This is more psychology than sociology, but yeah, yeah you know, yeah. yeah. So you know, so that's kind of was one of the initial pieces on just consignment deals all over the place, and then the internet popped off, and we were like mailing them to people. And on then, your own website, or yeah, was on it through like website. MySpace or nah, my own website. We built a website, um, a Reach Records website, and then we just would take all the orders in, and then we would literally like fulfillment, do it ourselves. Up late at night, just mailing them out. What does your apartment look like at this point? Oh man, we were doing it at my man Chris's apartment, small, but he had to, he had the nicest apartment out of everybody. So you know, we were doing it at his apartment. Um, it but was it's just stacks of stacks of blank of, CDs yep. and packing materials. And, and that's it. Just stacks on stacks on stacks. And would you go to the post office with all these CDs? No, I think Chris did. I okay. think we came over to help, like on distro nights or whatever. We would come over to help, but he sent them all off. Yo, shouts to Chris. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Chris, Chris is a good friend. <laughs> yeah, man, it was crazy. So that was. That was kind of the the beginnings, and then we found like well, real quick, where where are some of the like the farthest reaches that you're like Alaska? Here in, Alaska, Alaska was like, yo, how much is this shipping? <laughs> how much is this gonna cost us? Is it worth it? Is this because some people would like? I mean, you would start seeing stuff come in from overseas, but it'd be like, that's not gonna happen. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna pay this postage, right, bro. Yeah. We can't afford this postage. You know what I'm saying? Um, we might have, we might have over after a little while started doing it, but it was like New Zealand, really, bro. I don't know, bro. Well, and did did those did those you know states like you know in the continental U.S. like yeah. uh, different faraway places? Did that open up the idea of playing shows out there too? And you knew that you had an audience out there that would be able to support a little bit, a little bit. Like some places, it was like Kansas City is going crazy with the purchases, so we need to like get some shows going in Kansas City. So it was it was a, a little bit like, at that point in time, i go anywhere. Like, I would go anywhere because I just wanted to travel. Yeah, I New Zealand. Seen, I would, <laughs> I, listen, I drove from Texas to Indianapolis for $100 because I was just, I was like, okay, that's gas. I was just going to, that's it. <laughs> and then hopefully I'll sell some CDs mm. and we can eat. You know, but I was like, I just wanted to, I was like, I've never been to Indianapolis. Let's go. I never, what's that like up there? So. What was it like? It was just cold. Yeah. <laughs> it was cold. That's it. It was cold. Was, was it, it a tiny performance space? Yeah, it was yeah. definitely a small space. It may have been like 85 people in there, but it was to me, it was awesome. Yeah, one fan at a time, right? One at a time, baby. I thought it was dope. Hey, guys, we just want to take a second to interrupt this podcast with Lecrae to tell you that our original music, our rap album, Teddy Bear Fresh, featuring Angie Martinez, Just Blaze, Currency, Smoke Dizzle, Michael Christmas, who else, Jeff? Uh, Tunji Ige, uh, Combat Jack, who else? Jazz Cartier, who else? Bun B, can't forget Bun B. Who else? Me and you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, it's got the dopest production by Greg Mayo. It is chock full of punchlines throughout the whole project. Press play, you will not be sorry. It is available on Spotify. It's available on Google Play, on Pandora, on Apple Music, on iTunes. Go stream that right now. It's available on Air India. <laughs> and now, back. To Lecrae. So you're moving CDs. Do you join Twitter? Do you join like other social media? Yeah. I mean, um, but but didn't didn't 
connected to like selling music just connected it with like staying with fans like i didn't think about twitter as like a, a business i thought of it as like oh this is a good way to communicate and stay in touch with fans so i remember we were um that was my first international trip actually when i really started using twitter and we had been asked to come to um london and that was like what this is crazy oh my gosh we're going to london little did i know we were going to be in like like the little bus like the you know the small school bus yep. that was going to be our tour bus so that's where we slept luxury yeah it was luxury <laughs> so we slept on there with the luggage because there's no trunk it's just luggage is in there with you so we're sleeping on luggage cramped up Sometimes you could get a motel, but we would swap out. Like, you want to sleep, sleep in there at night? You want to sleep in there at night? Who the hell is this promoter? Exactly, bro. <laughs> exactly. You just had to get it how you live. I mean, they got us all the way to, they got us all the way to, to England. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, so that was tough. And then I, my, my, my friend was like our tour manager, and he almost got killed. It was bad because he was talking crazy. He didn't realize this isn't America. You can't talk to people like that. Oh, so. killed at the hands of another person. <laughs> yeah, like, sincere, like we were outside of this um, Jamaican club. And um, and he was like, this guy was just chilling, you know. And he and he just my my buddy just thought London like weak tea crumpets like didn't think like <laughs> he thought he was doing like a hilarious bit. Yeah, it was like, bro, like Jamaica's Jamaica, bro. Like I don't care where. So you know, he's like talking crazy, and this guy's like listening to our conversation, and he's like, um, he's like, hey, buddy, we're having a conversation. Can you mind your own business, all right? And and then I was like, that was a bad idea, was a really, <laughs> really bad idea. So you know, dude, start snapping off on him in patois, talking about he's gonna cut his neck, cut his throat, and I'm like, all right, yo, listen, my man, I promise you, he didn't mean no disrespect. We didn't know what we was dealing with, so that was crazy. No, you should have acted crazy, and then you both would have yeah, went to the worked principal's out. office, and right. yeah, would have worked out. Fine. Wait, yeah. this is pre or post Estelle? <laughs> this is this is Priya still. <laughs> this is Priya still. Yeah, absolutely. could have had her come and squash that beef. I know, right? Like call Estelle. Yo, Estelle, can you come handle this? <laughs> so, how do you? What is what is the metric of success for you at that point? Um, just new experiences. It was just like oh, new experiences, new experiences, connecting with people, touching people, seeing people. Like, yo, man, you changed my life. It was just like I hadn't seen much. I hadn't. I mean, in terms of like outside of the communities that I lived in I just it was like wow I get to see the world and that's all I really wanted to do was travel what's that like when someone walks up to you and really says heartfelt sentences about you changing their life yeah it was hard for me to I, I think it's hard for me to embrace that reality so I think it took a while for me to it, it really did take me and this is just recent it took me going to see Lauren Hill live and like when I met her, just being able to articulate how much she had an effect on me. And I was like, oh, this is how people feel. And it hit me because I just couldn't I couldn't get it. I was like, what are you talking about, man? Like, it's a CD, bro. Like, it's a CD, bro. Well, how did she accept it? She was like, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Mm. She says, isn't that what our job is to inspire people, to help them to 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 see things outside of you know, their, the perspective that they have. And, to, and and I was like, wow. You felt like an idiot. <laughs> I felt great because Lauren Hill was talking to me. Yeah. And we were having a conversation. I was like, who would ever thought? You know what I mean? So it was my childhood fave. We were having amazing. a convo. I didn't know how to receive it. It was kind of like uh, a, a pretty girl who gets told she's beautiful, but she doesn't know how to take compliments. So that's how I used to always feel. Like, man, you changed my life, bro. I'm like, whatever, man. I didn't say that, but that's how I felt. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean, that would be terrible if I said that. <laughs> Did you see yourself as like... 
I mean, obviously not at that point, but mm-hmm. at, at any point, I mean, like you're you're spreading the word of of Jesus Christ. Do you do you feel like you're a messenger? I think it's phases. You know what I'm saying? I think initially that was that was the ambition specifically because, but it was more felt like I had to do that with music. I I feel I still feel like that's something that I I want to do just as a person, right? But I don't feel like my music has to do that. No. So, um, so that's what I used to. I thought my music had to do that. Like, you know, I thought I had to like proselytize with every bar, and then I I just you know f- grew into myself and realized that's really not how I'm most comfortable making music, or not even about comfort. I, how I feel like I'm I'm made to create music. You know what I mean? Um, I think I'm made to create music that has a a different perspective, a different take on things than most everybody else probably would. And that's kind of how I have matriculated or grown as an artist. But yeah, at that point in time, I did feel like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, it really, it really was not about fame. It was not about money or any of that. But it was about saying it's not about fame and it's not about money, which was almost like the currency. You know what I mean? So you do the BET cipher. Mm-hmm. What did you think beforehand, and what did it like equate to while you were there? I think going into the BET cipher, I was maturing and real and and, and and learning like who I was as a person, and um, not trying to please, you know, kind of Christian leaders and pastors and stuff like that, but just being like, man, who is Lecrae? Okay, be who Lecrae is supposed to be, and um. And so I I went into it knowing I was going to catch flack from the the faith-based community. But at the same time, there were people like me from hip-hop who had embraced their faith as well and who felt like, man, you represent us. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, and just greater hip-hop culture. It's like knowing that greater hip-hop culture just needs to see variation. You know, in the same way we needed to see Eminem to be like, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is possible? Yes, it's possible. Um, I felt like they needed to see me and um, I went into it just not knowing how to to do it like I just had to say alright all I know is I gotta have bars I'm gonna just that's all I know I gotta have bars be yourself but have bars and um, yeah I, I just went in there just trying to destroy it it was so nerve wracking it was the most nerve wracking nervous experience I pro- to date I could think of like I don't even know if anything was worse than that because that was your first time doing something like well, that. Well, what made you comfortable? Doing it? Yeah, like at what point did you feel comfortable like on the... Seeing a lot of uh, very big rappers mess up okay, over yeah, and over yeah, and yeah, over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yep, that's yep, all we hear from every single yep, BET yep, freestyle yep. where it's like it takes people multiple like... Multiple takes. Yeah, multiple takes. Oh, man. Like I'm talking about guys who were at the top of the tops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was one guy who just... I mean, he messed up so many times... I was like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I'll be fine. And I was like, this, this, you messing up this many times, bro. Like, I'm gonna be fine. So that's what really calmed my nerves. And um, are you thinking of like what's behind that lens, and how many people are no, watching it? No, I never do, and it always ends up. It's like best to bring your A game because you just don't realize what's on the other side. Like I had no idea, and so it just. I really didn't consider it like that. Well, I think that's the best way to go about it. Cause yeah. If you overthink it, you're, oh, man. you're done, right? Oh, man. <laughs> all bad. Like, all bad. Like, a lot of things. I've had a lot of watershed moments like that where 
you know, I did something to the best of my ability and then it just like had a ripple effect. And I'm like, I'm so glad I wasn't thinking about how big that ripple effect would be. And I just went in there and did what I was supposed to do. You weren't just with the, the three other people that you were doing the cypher with at that point, right? Because no. you said that you saw somebody else screw yep. up. And no disrespect to Soprano, the French rapper. I, I just don't <laughs> think that he's the top rapper you were talking about. Right. So when you're in that room, did anybody come up to you and say, I know who you are? No. Nobody did. Um, did you up to anybody else and you were like, hi, I'm Lecrae big fan nah i just hung out you know I've, i did i kind of you learn from transferring from school to school to just kind of ease in there just hang out just kind of play the low road and see what happens and um no the, you got to walk in and like knock everything off somebody's desk <laughs> that's how you make a big impression nah i was just chilling man I, and nobody really knew who i was and it was funny this was this is really funny though uh french montana um he was super nice like super chill so he was amped like he i don't think he had he wasn't really popping then he was mm-hmm. just so he was just amped he was just glad to be there he's like you sup b you saying it's my city da, 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 da. we finna yeah we did the cypher what you doing tonight i was like i don't know he said we all finna go to like i don't know lady fingers something like that i was like oh what's that it's like it's the a cookie stri- spot it's a, a strip club oh yeah and I was like, oh, no, I'm good, man. You got that. He was like, you, you good? You some kind of Christian rapper or something? And I was like, <laughs> well, He does know me. Actually, Have you run into French since? Nah, I've seen him since then, man. Got to go to Ladyfingers. Yeah. Right. That was funny, man. But. So uh, what's, the, what's the time difference between when you record that cypher and when it airs? Um, like a month or so? No, nah, it was like, I feel like it was it was days. Oh, really? Yeah, it was days. So you experienced the fallout just a couple of days after that. Yeah, I got home and it was like, "Yo, we about to watch this joint," and I was so nervous. I just couldn't even. Everybody in my house was nervous. We was all sitting around watching it together, and everybody was nervous for me. And we were just—you knew you did well while you were there. I, I felt <laughs> like it, but I just didn't. You know what I'm saying? It was like I don't know. I don't know, because there was no affirmation while you're there, because everyone's just trying to get it off. Right. No one's like, yo, you smashed. Everyone's just like, I hope I killed you. You know, nobody's (laughs) patting you on the back. My man Bradley, who was with me, he was like, yeah, you killed it, bro. Trust me, you killed it. But I was like, all right, whatever. (laughs) And so we're watching it, and uh, I remember my my little homeboy, Cannon, we sitting there, and we, we, it you know, my part comes on and and it's everyone's like ah. And when it was over, he was like, "Oh my god, you killed that, you did that." And I was like, "All right, I guess so." But it wasn't until the Twitter affirmation that's when I really was like, "All right, you know what I'm saying." When Royce tweets it, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, so. "Yo, Chris, get the packing tape, like, <laughs> make some money, get the packing tape, Chris, get the bubble wrap, baby, we going in." <laughs> Tell me about Don Cannon. Oh man, Don Cannon. Tall and, drink of water. <laughs> yeah, super tall, super cool, man. Don yeah. is um, he's a you know quiet assassin. He makes moves and and but he's quiet with it, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't let he doesn't come off like I'm the I'm the guy. But he had a lot of the connects, and I Don Cannon is one of the dudes who um, you know, just believed early. You know what I mean? He believed early. Um, got behind the project, and it was a big deal for me. Like, it was just a big deal to be on a Don Cannon, to have him host my mixtape. Mm-hmm. And uh, my man Street Symphony hooked it up, and, you know, Don was really bought in. I was really, like, shocked. Like, you sure? Like, you really? <laughs> like, for real? For He was, like, all in. So it was crazy. And so he always has, like, tried to keep me 
you know, connected and like whatever you need, do this, we can do this, we can do that. Um, so Don was an early believer. Don, Cannon, you know, Sway, Static Selector, all those guys are like, those are the early Ninth Wonder. Those mm. are some of the guys I say like early on. They just have a penchant for finding that new kind of raw talent and saying, come here, let me, you know. And so, um, and for me, that was awesome because I grew up loving classic hip hop and that's kind of the route and the range of the individuals that I was rocking with. Can you listen to your early stuff now? Nah. <laughs> nah, it's hard, man. But I mean, it's. I think it's good. I think I didn't. It's because I know too much. It's like I don't even like going to concerts because I know too much. Right. So I don't. It's like ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. You know, I know who I was. I know what I was wrestling with. I know who I was trying to sound like. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just like so many little things. I'm like, oh my gosh. The average listener is probably like, sounds good to me. Like so it. you you were independent and and thriving, right? Like yeah. you were you were. Your distributor, you were your A and R, you you were your everything, right? Yeah. Uh, Chris was the distributor. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but shout out to Bubble Tape, <laughs> Bubble Rap. What was the sort of impetus behind teaming up with a major label? Oh man, that was just being stupid. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely joking. Uh, Nah, I think so. We reached a place where I think we maxed out of what we could, what our capability. So you, I mean, I'm coming from Houston, right? So Houston, you see, I see all these independent rappers, and I see they've peaked, you know, independently. Like they're 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 big on the independent level, but as far as like internationally, nationally, is there was like a ceiling, and I, I mean, we just you just realize like that's where you have to make a decision like are you after you know the money which you could which is going to be there if you stay independent or the influence you know do you want a broader range and influence and um and for me i felt like you know i'm i've never i've never chased the money i've just chased trying to create good art and getting into as many hands as possible and um I chased the lady fingers. <laughs> <laughs> you in French. French, holla at my man. You, looking, you know, yeah, I don't. And now back then, too, bro, I don't know what kind of strip club that was. Because French wasn't popping like it's popping now. That probably, you might, you know, I don't know. He had DVD money. Yeah, you might, yeah, that's, that's a smack DVD money. I don't know what kind of spot that would have been. Uh, Should have gone. Should have checked it out. Then you, then you could talk about it. <laughs> or would I be here to talk about it? That's the question. Uh, yeah, man. So I just. I thought Columbia was um, a good partner to like go wide, and then plus, I mean, you know, Nas, Lauren Hill, Fuji's, yeah, J Cole. It was like, okay, y'all believe in brands, not just songs. That's hot for the moment, and that's what was important to me. Like, I was like, I have a whole brand, and I need my whole brand cared about. Like, people don't come to me for a hot song; they want they come to me for like a whole package, like who I am, and I needed that more than anything. So, is there ever the thought of like? bringing other people who may share the same sort of uh, values and message underneath your wing? Um, or is or is your brand something where you're like, I know my voice, I know what I'm trying to... Oh, to- yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I still do that because, uh, you know, there's still an independent label with younger guys that, you know, um, it's just I don't want anybody to feel like they have to be me. Take what you can get from me and be yourself. Um, I think I've, I've made some great decisions and... 
and I've I've stepped in some some you know some mud holes on the way as well. So Lady Fingers is a proud sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm mad if that's a real place getting all this pub right now. If Lady Fingers is popping after this podcast is over, like I'm so mad right now. <laughs> that's not the message you're doing. I don't know. I'm just mess. It's like people can be like, "Yo, that's French girls and many things." This is private. I don't even know where it is. It was sketchy. The area we were shooting in was sketchy. So who knows? I don't. I don't know where it was. Where's French from? He's from Harlem. No, French is from the Bronx. Bronx. Yeah. That's, see, that's what I'm saying. That can't be. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be sanitary. It can't be sanitary. <laughs> Cannot be sanitary. I don't. That's another thing I don't understand. Like all my, you know, people I know to go to strip clubs, they eat there. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. My brain, I don't. It doesn't register for me how you can eat at an establishment like this. You're like the the building supervisor or something like I that. You're like, yeah. there's no possible way that's okay. <laughs> it's not okay. People say con- the wings are very good at strip clubs. That's terrible. <laughs> that's a terrible thing. Like, where, the, where do you eat your wings at a restaurant? Yeah, <laughs> I eat my wings where bodily juices are not freely flowing. How about that? Like, that's not why I eat my wings. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Where does your Grammy sit? Uh, used to be in a closet. Real talk. Um, now it's on a mantle because people keep asking. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it used to be in a closet. Um, both of them. Huh. Both of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, just we get it. Yeah. Guess we needed. I don't want you to have to edit that. You know yeah. what I mean? So I just fixed it for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not a big, not a big thing. Right. Two-time Grammy Award-winning yeah. 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 artist. It's, it, yeah. So you can say multiple. Yeah, right? multiple. Yeah. I like that better. Yeah. It's a little more ambiguous. Do you enjoy the awards? <laughs> the Grammy Awards? Yeah. Yeah. I actually do because I feel like they they they've been they've gotten progressively better after being like yo what is what's happening right now so yeah i do i feel like is that just because you keep winning no (laughs) no i like i like the thing that rewards me for all my work no like i mean i do great (laughs) you i don't think we would have seen a kendrick or performance in like 95 like you know what i mean it's just like you wouldn't have seen that well he was very young (laughs) <laughs> this is true this is true yeah i mean but whoever was popping like i don't think yeah. you would have seen a hip-hop performance then so it's just kind of like that's what i'm excited about is the progression and of of what's happening as far as the grammys are concerned what tours have come your way that that like you had to turn down that would have been like just an interesting mix of characters oh man uh mers wanted me and tech nine to do the heaven and hell tour <laughs> <laughs> You would have like, killed in Kansas City, by the way. Oh, so. my gosh. I was like, I just don't think that's a good idea, Merz. I was like, I don't think this is going to work. I just foresee I foresee my fans like walking out of that one. I don't see them <laughs> sticking around. I don't Did know. Did you meet uh, Wu-Tang or Dipset or anybody else on, uh, what was it, the Paid Dues Tour? Paid Dues Tour? Yeah, I met, um, uh, met some of the dudes from Wu-Tang. There's um, so many of them. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get to meet, um, you know, Method Man, who I really looked up to. Um, met RZA. Um, what they say to you? Just chilling. I mean, at that point in time, it was like, yeah, you're just like dapping them up, and yeah, it's like, who's all right, man? Go yeah. ahead. nice to meet you, opener. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nice to meet you, opener. Go, go, give me some weed and and cavassier. You, know and you say I mean? okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, what was funny about the pay due story, yo? That was like, it was like the projects because it was like trailers, like a, like a trailer park. It was like trailers everywhere, but it's like outside of every trailer, it's just like rappers, you know, hanging out, drinking, smoking, running. Around. It was like, what is this? this is crazy. This is like, 
it, it really was wild. It was a wild situation. Have you been back to Middle Tennessee State? No, I haven't. Why not? Because uh, I didn't graduate from there, so it's kind of like I, I, they don't. They only give you credit when you're alumni. Like they they don't they don't give you credit if you just went. No one's like calling you up to to bring you and play like homecoming or something. Or asking you for a donation. Yeah, no, you got to be an alumni, man. I'm telling you, if you no, graduate, no. you get the love. Believe me, any university will hit you up for yeah. anything, oh. no matter what. Well, maybe they just haven't found me. Then I don't know. Maybe they need to find me. Now, my man Street Symphony Torrance, he uh, graduated from there. They, I see him doing a lot of stuff. He's from that area, from Nashville, so he gets a lot of love from them. But I haven't. I haven't heard anything. Have you gotten a chance to thank that nurse who who sent you on a, no. a different course in your life? No. Um, hopefully, you know, she hears this and I'm sure she's listening. Have you gotten a chance to thank that nurse <laughs> for coming up with the heaven and hell idea? <laughs> Shout out to Merz, man. Oh, Merz is like, yo, man, run with it. It sounds great. I think it'll be amazing. Also, shouts to Merz. He does listen to this yeah. podcast. Oh, what's um, up, Merz? Uh, I want to, um, when you get a million followers on either Twitter or Instagram, which I believe you've done both. Uh-huh. Do they send you anything? Yeah, do you get sweatpants or something? Or yeah. is there a watch or something? Absolutely or? Yo, what's up with Twitter, Instagram, and Middle Tennessee State University? <laughs> They're just using me, son. They're using yeah. me. I need to figure this out, man. Um, tell the people about this new project that you have on that giant uh, waste of a of a building label you, you partnered with. <laughs> <laughs> we love Shout you, out to JD. Columbia, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, well, see, the thing is, man, they, they they got deep pockets, man. You just let them spend money, and yeah. just, you say, hey, this is where the, this is how the deal is gonna work. We're not gonna have to recoup that. You spend it, okay? Cool. All right, we're yeah. done. Nah. Deal. <laughs> deal. Uh, nah. Um, yeah, all things work together. The album it comes out September twenty second. It's not experimental from the standpoint of like the music is weird or experimental. It's experimental from the standpoint of me not being on an independent. So I'm playing the production a lot safer on some songs you know what I'm saying so the singles are very safe in terms of like you didn't push any boundaries necessarily they're good songs they got top you know spots on radio great um but there's some more experimental stuff on the album that i was like all right let me dibble and dabble a little bit here um but yeah i'm excited about it i i mean you know people pay attention now you know get a couple grammys on the shelf and producers call you back so it's like, hey, what's happening? <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Um, I do want to talk about um, Killer Mike, who is uh, our good friend. Friend of the room. Shout yeah. out to Killer Mike, yep. man. So first of all, um, how did you meet him? And then I, I want to know, um, have you guys done work? I think you guys did do work together. We did. It just didn't end up on this project. It didn't. Okay. I might leak it. Just do don't it. tell the label. Yeah. I'm just joking. I'm not yeah. going to leak it. I'm not gonna leave. No, you gotta hit up Chris. Yeah, yeah, and he'll send it out on a CD. Yeah, unless you live international, in which case, sorry guys, you're gonna have to wait. How did I meet Mike? That's a good question. Um, that's really. I do wonder how did I ended up meeting Killer Mike? I know Atlanta. Um, we were. I'm trying to remember the first time. I, I really. It's it's funny. Like I think. We talked more on social media, right? So we talked back and forth on social media because um, we shared a lot of commonality, common views. And then I met him in the airport. And um, he he was like, yo, come here. That sounds real creepy. <laughs> That's not, it wasn't like, come here. It was more like, yo, what's up, man? 
And I was like, what's up? And, you know, he was like, you know, Killer Mike, da da da, I'm a big fan. And it turned out his son is a, is a big fan of my music. So he was like, my son put me on you. And we just got to talking. And um, I think from there, we just developed kind of a friendship where we would talk back and forth. And then um, I asked him to, you know, come over to the studio. We came over. We talked for a while, just talked about everything. And then, you know, we, 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 we did a song. Um, but the song was probably, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it was it was a, probably a little too controversial for for where my fans are currently. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they're ready. Just, I'm pushing them a lot on mm-hmm. the project, but but Mike wants them to go to war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even I on that song, I was pushing. So I think I I gave him the freedom because he listened to my verses and he was like, "Oh, okay, we going there. <laughs> That's what we doing." So I, you know, he had the freedom to go there. But I think you know, you just have to know you got to know your fans and you got to know your fan base and and just know where you can take them. You know what I mean? And kind of like, can I can I take you here? You know. So, um, but yeah, shout out to Killer Mike, man. He's He's an amazing guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I, when when you said uh, you couldn't remember where you met him, I was like, oh, he's always been with you. One <laughs> set of footprints. <laughs> right, exactly. Hilarious. Yo, congratulations on the new album. Congratulations on your whole journey. And uh, we're excited to see where you go from here. Me too, man. I'm excited to see where I go from here, too. Lady fingers. Lady fingers, right. Yeah, the place to go, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Chris's apartment, okay? That's where I'm going. Y'all can go to Lady Fingers. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Waste Time with It's The Real Jeff. If people want to find out more about us, if people want to find out more about this very podcast, if people want to find all of our old podcasts, where can they go? You can always go to SoundCloud.com slash A Waste of Time to listen to all of our old episodes. You can also go on iTunes and search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real. We are It's The Real. This podcast is a waste of time. You can go on any streaming service and listen to our music teddy bear fresh we are on spotify google play all of those things title um, title especially title we are also on twitter at it's the real facebook at it's the real instagram at it's the real snapchat we're not even on snapchat so let's go past that yeah um where else can you find right now we're in london Shout out to everybody who brought us out here. Shout out to everybody who's going to be at the show uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday, September 6th, at Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen over there in East London. We're interviewing DJ Semtex. It's going to be a good time. Any tickets left, go to itsthereal.com forward slash London. Um, you can also probably find us at Nando's. You can probably find us at Pret. You can probably find us at HMV. You can definitely um, find us watching the changing of the guard because that's really all we're here for, right? People say that the tube is like small, so I'm a little nervous about the height, mm-hmm. specifically my height mm-hmm. and the short doors. Heathrow, we're at Heathrow. Yeah, we're, we're, we're at O2. Yeah, we're gonna be at the giant Ferris wheel. That's right. We're gonna be uh, making. Okay, so we're gonna be standing outside of Big Ben, and you know how like the clanging is now off. We're gonna be the ones that go gong 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 for three o'clock yeah meet us at three o'clock at big ben we're going to be the ones doing the gong 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 (laughs) this podcast isn't going anywhere unless we tell the people to spread the word so jeff who would you like to shout out to tell them about a waste of time with it's the real i want to shout out my american friends who were not able to make it specifically our friend a lot (laughs) i want to shout out chris hershey Mm -hmm. and i want to shout out diana ilieva shout out to all of them jeff i would like to shout out Greg Mayo, our good friend Greg Mayo, who produces all of our music, who has been our best friend forever, and 
who is responsible for the theme song that everyone asks about on this very podcast. Shout out to Greg. Greg is somewhere in Europe at this point, right? Yeah, he's uh, either in Prague or Paris or... Because he's doing all of them. It's not like I'm just like naming the city. He's right. in Berlin. Yes. <laughs> he's in Berlin right now. Go find him uh, outside of the wall. Yeah. Which, which side of the wall is he on? Uh, hopefully on the south side. The, on, on the right side. Yeah. Um, um, I also want to shout out young Ezra, who manages take hay over in Texas. Okay. And I want to shout out um, everybody who's down in Houston, uh, our friends Bun B and Miss Queenie. Uh, I saw them driving to Port Arthur today, and uh, they seem to be in good spirits. Please donate to any funds except for the Red Cross, which I mentioned last week. Well, here's the thing. Look, guys, you do the research. Go find the best place to donate to uh, wherever you can. Uh, you know, give your time, give your money, give your good energy, and let's help rebuild uh, the devastated areas in Southeast Texas and Louisiana. Now, for real, for real. Sure, sure. And we'll see you guys next week. Brrrah! <laughs>